0: Hello, and welcome to the Theology Meets Reality Podcast, the podcast for people who seek to follow Christ in the midst of the messiness of life and parenting. We are Lisa and Greg Casimir, and we are not afraid to deviate from the norm of culture, even Christian culture, to make sure that we are applying what we believe about God to how we live. This is season two of our podcast, where we're talking about finding hope in suffering. This is a difficult but important topic that we cover because distinguishing what God has to say on suffering compared to what we hear from the culture will give us help for our own suffering and the grace and power to help others. One of the beautiful truths about suffering is that God enters into it with us, and many times it's through the cracks of pain in our lives that God's light shines the brightest. In this episode, episode 9, we are continuing our discussion on fear and anxiety. This will be a comforting and practical episode thanks for joining us everyone
1: welcome back part two <laughs>
0: um, if you listen to our last episode then you'll be all set for this one um, we are doing fear and anxiety part two
1: the, it was, it's a, it's a big topic and we just didn't, yeah. didn't want to make a super long podcast out of it
0: I think this one's going to be even better than the last one because um well because of the because of the <laughs> content mainly we really get to focus on comfort from scripture and some practical stuff. Um, if you haven't listened to our last podcast, listen to this one first and then go back to the other one and listen to it on like 1.5 speed because we were tired
1: <laughs> It was last time. It's a tired podcast. We
0: listened to it and we're like, wow, we sound really slow and tired. And but we were. We were. The content's good. It's just a little slow. So you might want to do like 1.5. If you listen to it and you're still here, well done. Like extra points for you guys.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming back. <laughs>
0: So last time we talked about what fear and anxiety are, how our culture makes it worse and basically breeds anxiety. And then we started looking at what scripture says about it, but there was just so much goodness there that we wanted to um, save some more for later. So (laughs) today we're going to look more about what the Bible tells us about God's compassion for our suffering we're going to get really practical and talk about ideas to help um, anxiety and fear, and then we're going to consider how we might be able to apply these things to parenting our children. Um, so let's start with the comfort and biblical truth that we find from looking at scripture. So I think we've heard before the idea that fear, like do not fear, do not be afraid, is a really, really frequent phrase. I don't know how many times I didn't look it up, but haven't you heard preachers say like 350 times, like God says, do not be afraid. And so we shouldn't be afraid. And then that's like the end of the, (laughs) that's the sermon.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a very, very played out and tired thing, especially uh, in the midst of like everything that's been going on uh, in the world in the last year and a half. Um, We've talked about it. It's one of my least favorite things.
0: Yeah. And God does tell us and says in scripture many times, and Jesus says to not be afraid. And I think there are times when we do um, worry or fear to an extent that is sinful and that is harmful. Um, But I think sometimes we forget about that some of those times, I think Jesus and God are actually talking with compassion and um, not in a kind of cut it out sort of way, but in a, hey, like, you don't need to worry, I've got this kind of way. Um, And so we're going to kind of talk through some passages today and see if we can look more deeply into what God has to say on fear and anxiety. So first, I'm going to, the first, one of the first um, passages that just came to mind thinking about worry and fear is the whole scene with Mary and Martha when Jesus is in his house. And that is from Luke 10. Luke 10. And we know, I love that we have record of what Jesus did on earth because it's like gives us such a better picture of who God is and what he does like in our, in our context. So I'm going to read from Luke 10, um, starting in verse 38 to see what Jesus says to Martha and Mary and Martha, of course, were sisters and they were his friends. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Oftentimes we look at this passage as kind of the idea of like, make sure you're not doing too much and you have time to be with God, which is valid, but I want to focus on the part of kind of what Jesus is saying to a worried spirit. He can see her heart, and he calls her worried and upset, Um, or I think it says troubled in other passages or in other translations, and he says to her, Martha, Martha, and that's important because he says her name twice in the vocative, and that means like the, the repetition of her name means that he's showing emotion. He's not like scolding her. He's showing c- compassion. Martha, Martha, you are worried about many things. He can see her heart. And um, he tells her that she's actually wrong in her thinking. Um,
1: well, yeah, not that she's necessarily wrong, but that she's concerned with many things. Oh yeah, you're right. Versus she's
0: concerned with too many things. Too.
1: Right. Versus Mary sitting at the feet.
0: Yeah, he invites her to join him, sitting at his feet to spend time with him, which I think is always an invitation that God gives us to like mm-hmm. sit with him, rest with him, learn from him. Um, and we could get into the whole idea of how awesome this is that Jesus is inviting women to sit at his feet because usually that's something that wasn't done in their culture, like to sit under a rabbi. Um, but regardless. He doesn't do what she asks, which is, make my sister help me. Tell my sister to help me. But he says, you're worried and upset about many things. Few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary's chosen what is better. Um, And I think the idea is, like, her focus was off. Yeah. She had a very, like, um, present, present tense focus instead of a bigger picture focus.
1: Yeah, like, that she was worried seemingly that uh you know if she didn't if those things didn't get done right now they wouldn't get done and there and that's why she was asking Jesus to tell Mary to like go help her because she's like the, you know the his, your teaching is going to be done soon and nothing's ready you know for the for the after teaching part because you know arguably you know they're hosting and uh so there's like meal prep to do whatever, right. like make the house ready for mm-hmm. so many guests. Um. But like, you know, it's Jesus. He's fed the 5,000. Like, so, you know, particularly in that time with Jesus walking the earth, like he could make the food appear, Um. you know, if need be.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I just really love this i this this example of Jesus showing compassion, not that he's you know lets her do whatever she wants, but that he kind of draws her away from her worries and points her back where she goes and of course, Jesus will show us the same compassion, and we're always welcome to listen to him to sit at his feet and um that's a great thing to do when we're worried. yes, hmm. I had a teacher in fifth grade, and she um came into class one day with like a shoe box and she told us that we shouldn't be worrying about anything because I think she said because we were too young we shouldn't be worrying about stuff.
1: Yeah, you're in the fifth grade like
0: <laughs> and she... <laughs> Did you get
1: a juice box that you liked or not in your lunch? That's hey, like,
0: fifth grade, I mean people can have real worries in fifth grade. Oh,
1: yes, they absolutely can. And like, it's yeah. sad but I mean, yeah. Your teacher had a valid point though that like, you shouldn't like, let's, anyway, continue your story. <laughs>
0: Like, there were people with these moms had cancer and stuff like
1: that. Right, yeah.
0: Anyway, so she came in with this shoebox and told us we were too young to worry, we shouldn't be worrying about anything, and told us to write our worries down on paper and put them in the box. And that she, my memory is that she said she would take the box and she would, like, worry our worries for us or carry our worries for us or whatever. Hmm. And so we did that activity, and I don't remember ever seeing the box again. She, like, put them in the box, took the box, and, like, took away our worries in that you know in the wow. the physical object lesson kind of sense. Yeah. And um I think that's a lot of times what Jesus is getting at with our God when they say do not worry. Like she wasn't condemning us for worrying, she was just kind of going like I'll carry that for you. Yeah. I don't want you to be burdened by that anymore. And um I think that's what God does only of course God can do it way better than a teacher cause he actually has like power to change things. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it's kind of, it comes from this place of compassion. Right. And right. Right, yeah. right.
1: And it, it comes from the, you know, the, you know, I'm terrible with knowing where it was said in the Bible, but that, you know, uh, he came, Jesus came so that we may have life and have it abundantly. And you can't have an abundant life when you're racked with worry and fear. Um, that isn't to say that you don't worry and fear, but, like, he came and died for our sins so that we would have the op- the ability to turn over those things to him and to be able to do the, um, you know, the one thing that really matters, which is to sit at his feet and just be in his presence and do his will.
0: Right. Um, I think if you think about worry in the New Testament, this passage will probably be the first thing to come to mind. It's a typical, like, do not worry passage from Matthew 6. Greg's going to read.
1: So I tell you, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food, drink, and clothes. Don't, doesn't life consist of more than food and clothing? Look at the birds. They don't need to plant or harvest or put food in barns because your heavenly father feeds them. And you were far more valuable to him than they are. Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Of course not. And why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he he more surely care for you? You have so little faith so, don't worry about having enough food or drink or clothing. Why be like the pagans who are so deeply concerned about these things? Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs, and He will give you all you need from day to day if you live for Him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. So, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I think of that so many times like in my life I've thought of it so many times that today's trouble is enough for today (laughs) that I like all my worries about tomorrow or the next day or next week you know depending on what's on my calendar or schedule whatever like I there's you know I have no control over whether or not any of that actually comes to fruition Um, yeah I just need to do the best I can in him for today
0: yeah absolutely so i th- this passage gives us some insight into like jesus is saying why you don't need to worry and like you said like it won't add an hour to your life like it's not going to help you it with actually anything, takes an hour right you
1: know like the more you sit and worry that yeah, you just lose time
0: yeah it does um and so again i don't think he's condemning i think he's just saying like this is not helping <laughs> you don't need to do this it's not necessary like i I care for the birds. I'm going to provide for you. Yeah. I think it's hard for us a lot of times where we go, yeah, I believe that. But like, I mean, I have like, I have to get money for the bills and I have to like make dinner and stuff like that. Yeah. I think that's absolutely true. Um, and we'll talk about fasting and Sabbath, like on another podcast. I think those are super helpful to kind of see like our spot and like where God Mm -hmm. works to make sure we're not doing more than we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. But what, I think it's also super helpful um, is like the kids and I are reading these hero tales books. They're by there's four volumes and they're like short chapters of Christians in history. Um, they are by Dave Jackson and Netta Jackson called hero tales. And they tell stories of missionaries, um, other just like well-known Christians, Christian preachers from all over the world. Um, And those stories are really cool because they have basically miraculous things happen to them that you think don't really like wouldn't really happen in regular life. But these are real Christians. Um, Like there was a story from recently, and I'll think of his name maybe by the end of the podcast. But um, we just read it this week, and basically, this guy was a missionary in China, and he needed to get to another place by taking a ferry, but he only had. I think the ferry was like. $30 $30 and he only had $20 to his name. And then he felt like God was calling him to give some money to somebody else. And so he gave them some money and then he only had $7. And he's just like praying on his way to the ferry to like that God would provide for him. And he shows up and this guy has a boat and he's like, hey, are you going to this place? Which is the place that he was going. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, I'll take you there for $7. Cause he, it was um like a cargo ship that just had room for one person. Oh, wow. And I think there are examples like that where God makes it so that it works out, even if we didn't do the thing that we thought we were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, the guy's name's like on the tip of my tongue, but, um, Mm -hmm. Watchman knee, that's what it was. His name, like Watchman. And then N E E. Um, but there are so many examples of these stories in the hero tales, and it, it it's inspiring because you watch Christians practice this: seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will sh- shall be added to you. And you are like, whoa! Like maybe if I did that, like that would actually happen to me. Um, and we do know that that's happened to people today too. Obviously, we're supposed to be faithful and what we're called to. Yep. But sometimes God provides supernaturally.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've we have a couple little stories like that. Um, we do just from like paying for seminary and stuff as we were going through it.
0: Yeah, that's true. I was thinking of some other stuff, but.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, we have lots. Of... Yeah. <laughs> Not lots, but I mean, we have many, many things in our, uh, in our lives that are just God showing up and taking care of things for us.
0: Yeah. And I was um, talking earlier about how I had memorized, like, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things will be added t- unto you. But I never knew the context and it's right in the middle of that worry passage that you just read, which is really <laughs> kind of an important context that in, so we could, Jesus gives us something to do, not just don't worry, right? but here's something positive to do instead. So seek the kingdom and seek God first. Like you have something proactive to do.
1: Yeah. And something positive, like it, mm-hmm. you know, the, your life and the lives of those around you like will be enriched by being in his presence. And seeking his kingdom um, instead of stressing and worrying.
0: Yeah. So let's look at an example where Jesus is troubled. It doesn't say that he was worried. I'm not going to say that he was worried. I don't, because that, that's not what scripture says. But when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was for sure um sorrowful he was um discouraged says his soul was overwhelmed and so we're going to see what he does in this time of suffering and um being upset so matthew 26 is where i'm going to be reading from jesus went with his disciples to a place called gethsemane and he said to them sit here while i go over there and pray he took peter and the two sons of zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled then he said to them my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. So that's a great example from Jesus himself of what we're supposed to do when we're troubled, overwhelmed, sorrowful, Um, just pray. Yep. <laughs> um, And then the, where he says, my father, if it is possible. So he asks God for something that he's concerned about. Um, so instead of saying, what if, like whenever we start going, well, what if, what if, what if in our brains, we can instead turn that to a prayer and say, father, if, and pray for God's provision. And like, if that were to come to pass or if we need his help kind of thing, which gives us another positive thing to do instead of worrying.
1: Yeah. Cause it, it turns it over to yeah. God. Instead of you, mulling it over in your head tumbling it until it's just like this giant clump uh you turn it over to god and it like it's you release it to him yeah. in a way that it's still there but you have lifted it up to him and he will he will like you know he'll do his will uh and it it may be that his will is for that worry to be taken care of. It may be that his will is to walk with you through that thing that, um, you know, you're worried might happen, but it's still in his hands. And, you know, that's the best place that anything can be.
0: And it's cool because we get to glorify God in doing that and turning it over to him. And then of course, like we're battling The darkness, like we're bringing light to a dark place, which I think can be so hard when we're really fearful or caught in anxiety. I always feel like just the biggest loser, like when I'm caught up in anxiety and can't get past it. But it's like we can.
1: Yeah, when you get in that spiral.
0: Yeah, but we can be good Christians. We can actually like light a candle in the darkness kind of thing. Like we can glorify God in it. By turning it over to him. And then if you get stuck in worry again, you just do it again. Yeah. And and then yeah. we're fighting that battle. Yeah.
1: Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. I shall fear no evil because you are with me. Like the
0: Psalms. Yeah. And the, but like God's glorified when we pray. So instead of kind of going, oh, well, this is, I'm just a mess. And like, none of this is working out. Like we actually can do something positive in an internal sense just by turning it over, which is really cool. Okay, so now we're going to look at when the disciples were fearful. What? From the Mark Disciples,
1: six. Get out of here with that. Uh, immediately after this, uh, this is the 5,000 men had eaten from five loaves, uh, Jesus made his disciples get back into the boat and head out across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. Afterward, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. During the night, the disciples were in their boat out in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, he came to them, walking on the water. He started to go past them. But when they saw him walking on the water, they screamed in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him, but Jesus spoke to them at once. It is all right, he said. I am here. Don't be afraid. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay so one thing we can grab from this passage is that when we're afraid we can go to jesus here's the he other he th- draws near to them is that what you're gonna say you tell me the no
1: part. i was going to say that um he was passing them mm-hmm. like he he's he's walking on the water he saw their struggles and he was going to walk past them. They were fine. Like, they... He he is God. He knows all things. They were going to be fine. But they chose to be terrified by him walking on the water and and by their situation. And therefore, he came and comforted them. So in the midst of their struggles no doubt they were like concerned and they were you know they were likely praying or whatever for the uh storm to ease or the winds to become favorable they were gonna make it he was just he didn't he wasn't walking out to them to save them he was walking across the water to get to where that they were going to meet them but he came to them when they became afraid and he comforted them. That's what I was going to say. All right.
0: So Jesus comforts us in our fear and draws near to us when we call out to him. Always does. Yeah. And any suffering, especially fear and anxiety, like we can always run to Jesus because he understands and he will be there for us. Um, we've got two more verses. I love this one from Isaiah 40, verse 29. Um, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. And this is just really helpful because when you are fearful and anxious, you are weary. And, you know, you're going through a hard time and it's just, you feel weak and weary, but we're not stuck there because God gives us strength and He increases our power um, in a supernatural way. Like, even when we can't. can't do it ourselves thankfully Mm -hmm. because
1: there's a lot of things that we can't do ourselves and i'm sure there have been there are many people listening who have who have struggled under the weight of trying to do it yourself and you will always reach the end of yourself and have nothing left yeah um and that's that's why you know god sent jesus for us so that we could come to him and ask for strength and ask for comfort and that he would help us get things done and taken care of and make it through and come out the other side and like closer to him and you know um in some way like better off for it though it you know it might not be immediate it might be in the future but um
0: and one of my favorite, like, word pictures is the idea of God holding our hand. That's really comforting to me. Um,
1: hey, I so said that last podcast. Did I? I did. You did? I did.
0: Oh, I'm too tired <laughs> to remember. Did we read this then? I, I don't know. know. I can't hear it enough. Like, I'm just no, like, No, 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 no I don't hand. think we read this. And then I had this picture that I heard. Um, oh, yeah, from a bed like, I'm okay, because Jesus is my oxygen. Oh, you like
1: that song, You Are the Air We Breathe?
0: No, not like that. <laughs> no, not that song too much.
1: <laughs> okay. No, not like that at all.
0: <laughs> it's very different.
1: <laughs>
0: um, so you were going to read Psalm seventy three twenty three. I was just going to set the context for it. Okay. Which is, it's a Psalm of Asaph, and he's reflecting on his discouragement and sin, and in spite of these things, his own discouragement and sin, God's holding its hand.
1: Okay. He says, Yet I still belong to you. You are holding my right hand.
0: <laughs> Simple enough, quick enough to memorize. I love it.
1: Yeah, and it's it's so true. And that's you know the what I said last podcast, like in in place of you know God's got this. Like don't worry. I said that like God has your hand, and He's walking through it with you guiding you gotcha,
0: gotcha, um it's very profound it's very i'm profound. sure i remember it
1: yeah it'll through. you know it'll, it'll, it'll wake
0: it you up in the middle of the night
1: three times speed uh which on the plus side you know it's like a 15 minute podcast yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> okay that w- those were all our scripture verses that we were going through
1: They're all really good.
0: Yes. Now we're comforted.
1: Some of them easy to memorize.
0: So we're going to talk about um, practical ideas for working through anxiety.
1: Yeah. So Lisa, as someone who has had cause for worry uh, recently in the last year, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, um, why don't you go ahead and give us a little insight into the things that you did to help us help yourself deal with that worry.
0: Sure, Greg, I'd be happy to. So, um, I found this book. It's called winning the worry battle life lessons from the book of Joshua by bar Bruce, R R O S E. And I'll link it in the show notes. Of course, there is a book that you can read. And then there's also a Bible study. I have both of them. And I, highly recommend them. I've told several people about them. Um they're very scriptural. They take you through the book of Joshua. And then also it's really, really practical. She has, I don't know, maybe like at least 10 different ideas of things you can actually do about worry and anxiety, which I tried because I was like desperate for anything. And um also she has been through hard times herself, struggled with fear and anxiety. And it just makes you feel like you're not the only one who's ever really struggle i mean she gives like details of like intense struggle with it and it makes you feel like okay it's not like just me i'm hmm. not the worst one that's ever this has ever happened to so a lot of the tips that i'm going to share or things that i used um are from her book not all of them but a lot of them are and um i will say like this is for anxiety that fear and anxiety that um i don't know maybe is like mild to moderate or something because I mean there is fear and anxiety that you need to get professional help with and so that wouldn't be a sub- this wouldn't be a substitute for that but these are just kind of like tips to help you um yeah when you're struggling with anxiety on a smaller level okay okay so the first one like get the book and or and or the bible study they like they each have different things so you could do either one or you could do both because they don't totally overlap um anyway I'd recommend so they're companion those.
1: books basically they're not it's not yeah. necessary to do both
0: no, but no, you could because each one has different things in it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what. It, yeah, their companion. Like they're both standalone. Each they're one is holding each other's hands. Yeah, yeah, they're walking through the word. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So that's really good. Um, those books. That's the first thing. Okay, then the idea of stones of remembrance somewhere have some way of recording things that God has done for you in the past. So in her book, she recommends making stones like from the book of Joshua where they set these stones in the middle of the Jordan to remember what God did. Because usually what we do is we are concerned about something and we pray about it. And then that prayer is answered and then we forget about it forever.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so what I did is I actually ordered like these beautiful stones from the Baltic sea and oh, yeah. they, I forgot they're, they're from, like, the are they from the Baltic sea. Baltic they're sea. really nice stones. They're legitimately from the Baltic sea. Like yeah. the postage had, some
1: <laughs> yeah it yeah they, these rocks came through customs
0: <laughs> yeah and they're really beautiful and um i just wrote on the back certain things that god has done to answer our prayers over the years mm-hmm. and i think there's like 12 of them that i wrote out and then there are more for when god answers our prayers so that we can look at them and i have them sitting out in a bowl so that we can look at them or our kids can look at them or we can talk about them when someone comes over if we want to. Just that we would remember the faithfulness of God. Like, hey, this is not the first time you've ever struggled through something and God came through for you. Yeah, So that's a great idea. Um, Another idea, memorize scripture and recite it regularly. You can't do this enough when your brain is thinking about worries, negative things, and like actual problems that you have you need to know scripture. She talks about um, setting up a scripture train, like just the same way you have a worry and then it connects to another worry and you can kind of like spiral. You want to have more than just one scripture. So um, there were, at one time, there were these five scriptures that I memorized and I would say them like in my head before going to bed and when I woke up. It was just like this,
1: they were all. You were meditating on God's word.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And this is just so powerful because God's word has power um yeah and that, that it, has, it has power over worry
1: and it it also, you know, it well that you know this ties into a later bullet point but it like helps you take your thoughts captive like before you can yeah before you can start <clears throat> excuse me thinking about something else you are like uh meditating on God's word
0: yeah yeah, that's one thing I didn't write down here, but it's another example that Barb Bruce gives in these books is the idea of wondering instead of worrying. Like worrying is one of the worst uses of our imagination. And, but we tend that's to... It's deep. <laughs> so we, can, we can imagine like these terrible scenarios, right? If we allow ourselves to kind of go that route.
1: Yeah, but gosh, you can imagine some but amazing you could
0: things. wonder instead. So instead of imagining a negative situation, like wonder like an amazing positive end to the situation. Hmm. Um, another thing, that's a really good, idea. <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah, it's, it is. It's It's like, Oh, well, that's a good idea. I can yeah. think of something positive. Hmm. Um, yeah. One thing that's my, that's from me, it's not from the book is to, I like to hear scripture. Um, I particularly like these scripture lullabies that are meant for babies. They're called Hidden in My Heart Scripture Lullabies. You can you can find some on YouTube or like you can buy the CDs. Um, but they're really comforting to me. Like they sing over you, like Seek ye first the kingdom of God or Do not worry about anything. It's not like it's not like a kid song, cheesy. It's beautiful, like to classical music.
1: Oh, I think I remember that.
0: Yeah, you've like I've no doubt I use I heard them, heard them when before. I panic and yeah when I and they're really calming, and comforting. Hmm. Um. Another idea is to get something tangible, like either a bracelet or a worry stone that you could keep in your pocket. So a bracelet is something you could hang on to physically when you're worrying and go, I'm holding on to you, Jesus. Like hold on to the bracelet and hold on to God. Like if you need something tangible or a worry stone, kind of same thing. Carry it in your pocket and then hold on to it like as a reminder to you pray, go to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you're right, we talked about taking your thoughts captive. You can speak scripture out loud, that's helpful too. Oh yeah, go from what if to father if. We talked about that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And then recognize that victory and courage are not a lack of fear, but what we do with it. So Sometimes I just, I had days where it's just like days in a row I'm just fearful and anxious. And I mean, sometimes we have just really, really hard times. Like we've had some really, really hard times Mm -hmm. where you don't really expect anything more than that.
1: Where it's just like, I'm just trying to make it through like this hour. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that doesn't mean that we're complete failures, because of that, but it's what we do with it. So we can glorify God in the midst of our weakest times by going to him. And of course, by being courageous and like doing what we're supposed to do, even in the midst of fear and anxiety.
1: Mm -hmm. Pride is a huge thing to let go of. Like it, it will be a huge relief to do so. You don't like, like, You know, spend some time, think about it, like where you're holding on to, you know, like a, it's like a a high image of yourself and let it go because humility is what God is after. And I think every situation in your life would go better if you approached it humbly and As though you have much to learn.
0: Yeah, there's tons of scripture on that. Mm -hmm. That God humbles the prideful and he'll raise up the humble. Um, It's hard to do. But yeah, you're right. You need to. Asking for help.
1: The thing is, you either are going to do it yourself or it's going to be done to you. One is difficult letting it go yourself the other one's most likely going to be painful yeah when someone else has when someone else needs to do it to you and the recovery is probably a lot faster when you humble yourself um you're gonna you're gonna save face you know um but it you know just it's a much better way to go through life i think personally
0: yeah scripture would agree with you I'm, I'm trying to think like we could do like a whole series like a whole season on pride and humility that would be challenging um, I've got two more tips um, one is to incorporate silence into your day like I mean I'm home with four kids all day so I understand like that's not always a thing that you can do but you can do incorporate silence for a short time um, one of the ideas in the book is she says like set a timer on your phone for like seven minutes and then sit on your phone
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuz you're going to look at the clock. You're going to you're going to I've tried this. If you don't sit on it, you're going to peek at it and say, "Okay, how much longer?" What, yeah. you know.
0: If you uh, Yeah. Yeah, if there's always noise in your day, you don't have like it's hard to hear God's voice speak if you have no silence. It's also your brain needs a moment of calm mm-hmm. too. Um so incorporate silence into your days and then the last one that I'm going to share for now is to fast, like fasting. Um, in this book, Barbara's fasts like weekly and doesn't eat for a whole day and talks about, talks a lot about details about that. And, um, she basically was talking about fasting in scripture and we're going to talk about that where you have to, like it's spiritual (laughs) disciplines. We should do that for sure.
1: So many future podcast teasers in this one. Oh my
0: goodness. Um, Okay, so yeah, so she was talking about the point of fasting is not just to take something away, but to be able to like build in time for prayer. And so um, this is, I'm trying to kind of trying to explain the, she will take like her lunch hour instead of eating and pray. And so basically I, that wouldn't work for me because I didn't think that would work for me because I like make all the food and I have to be with my kids while they're eating or they will just act like animals like i can't just leave them yeah (laughs) unfortunately i can't can't just leave (laughs) them so i was like that's not really gonna work i'm not gonna gain any time because i'm still gonna be cooking and i'm still gonna be hanging out while they're eating so that won't help me for this particular instance so i have been fasting from well i call it fasting from voices but like i have one day a week where i don't listen to anything like i don't look at news i don't look at instagram i don't look at um
1: you don't listen to podcasts i don't listen
0: to podcasts i try to have like more of a silent i mean it's not totally silent but like uh people aren't speaking into my life like i'm not allowing things to speak to me or influence me right with the idea that yes and that i do try to pray more on that date the idea that i have this like space well one i don't get to go to these things because sometimes you like i use those as a crutch right like oh i'm just gonna like watch a video real quick to get this out of my head or do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 Or listen to a podcast so I don't have to worry about my thoughts or like deal with my thoughts, but instead, not not use those as a, as a crutch and then pray and have like this mental space to like hear God or hear what I'm thinking or worried about or whatever. So it's been useful for me. But anyway, mm-hmm. just a couple of tips in case any of those are helpful to you.
1: Moving on to the next topic.
0: Moving right along. Uh, we thought we should talk about like, well, what should we do to help our kids? Um, and none of our kids are like super anxious because I have heard about people whose kids have um, anxiety disorders and anxiety problems. And like we can't like we can't speak to that from experience. So I would say like m- get help if you need it um, from your kid's doctor or f- with a counselor, whatever. Yeah, We're just kind of talking generally like what do you do if your kids are just scared of something or worried about something or kind of like just to raise them in a in a way that doesn't promote anxiety, I guess.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and a lot of things are similar. So help them to practice taking their thoughts captive.
1: Yeah, this one's come up, you know, on a couple of occasions when like a child has had a bad dream and they wake up like scared and upset and they don't want to go back to sleep because, you know, that all they can think about is the thing that scared them or, you know, what have you. And so, you know, we you know we pray with them, but then we tell them, like, you're in charge of what you're thinking about. Like, if you don't want to be thinking about those things, don't think about them. And then, you know, invariably, they're like, I can't, you know?
0: Well, because it takes practice. It's really right. hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so <laughs>
1: the, the tips I always give them is like, okay, well, like, I usually call back to something fun that we have done in the past. Um, in like fairly, uh, like good detail, but quickly. Cause it's like the middle of the night. Um, and yeah, that's just, you know, in the middle of the night, what I do, uh, yeah. just to get them to like it. me narrating it gets their brain off of the thing that was bothering them. um,
0: yeah. I think this is really helpful to train them to do like in general. Um, also like you don't have to look at or listen to or watch like whatever is there. Cause sometimes they'll, you know, they'll be in a situation where they're showing where it's like, you don't have to look at it. It doesn't even mean like you have to leave the room, but like you don't have to give it your attention to it, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like the idea of like, you don't have to look at what's in front of you. You don't have to think about what.
1: Yeah. You can plug your ears and close your eyes if you have to like, <clears throat> you know, um,
0: well isn't that kind of the idea of like if you see like an inappropriate billboard, you're supposed to like not look at it, right? Like Yeah,
1: you don't just stare at it and take it in like <laughs> right. you're averting your eyes because it's not something you're supposed to be looking at anyway.
0: Yeah, and think about something else. Yeah. Okay, so take your thoughts captive, help them memorize scripture, especially scriptures that have to do with like God looking watching over them and not being afraid, things like that. Those are really helpful. Oh, and then this one's hard to do, but I think it's really helpful in practice, which is don't always be their hero. Like, don't always jump in and save them every time they're scared or worried. Right. Is that hard for you? You're like looking yes, at me like that's is. not even well, hard Well, I'm just thinking that like
1: it's, you know, my <laughs> my big thing is um, like when the kids break something or, um, you know, lose something, I guess. Mostly breaking toys and stuff. Like they're like, "Dad, can you fix this?" And I like, "Oh yeah, I <laughs>
0: you fix all the I, things.
1: I fix all the things." Yeah. So it's, I mean, it, you know, I feel I I'm capable of fixing it. You know, like I haven't always fixed it, but you know, I frequently am able to fix it, and they are, are like very thankful, and you know, but I understand like it. Yeah. There's a time and a place to be like, "I'm sorry, like it's broken." This is what happens when, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I didn't think about that, but we have had that issue where they're like, oh, well, Dad will just fix it. Like, they don't care. It's yeah. like, okay, you should care. There, like, that was
1: <laughs> actually a response one time when they were like, what are you going to do when that breaks because of what you're doing? And the answer was, well, Dad will just fix it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I guess I've fixed too many things.
0: Yeah, the idea of like, they have to, it's okay that they're in a situation sometimes that is scary. Um, or that they're worried about and that we don't always have to save them. Um, and of course like use your parental judgment to decide like when it's appropriate yeah, to mortal do Mortal
1: danger, obviously like help them. Yeah. Save you know, them, but... whether
0: you need to like invite your kid into the room when they're scared or not, or help them in the school situation or just let them fend for themselves. Um, but if we're always, if they never have any reason to worry or fear, then that's probably not good. And then of course, when they're afraid, point them to God and help them pray. Um, Demonstrate for them, like how to pray, pray with them.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I mentioned that when I was talking about like, taking mm-hmm. their thoughts captive when they're having a bad dream in the night or whatever. Like, yeah. help them turn it over um, and let it go. And then the
0: last one is like, be, share what you've struggled with and that God has come through for you.
1: It's a big one. Cause like, kids, Depending on your life, of course, but, like, there's a good chance that, like, your kids have never really seen you struggle with something or, you know, they're not, you know, they haven't, like, seen you be upset about stuff. Because perhaps you do that stuff behind closed doors or, like, yeah. after the kids go to sleep so that, you know, like, let's say you're having money trouble or something, but, like, yeah, you're hiding it by, like eating less and like you know whatever like whatever way you hide it so that the, you know the, the, their kids they don't need to worry about that stuff.
0: Right it's hard because you don't want to be like yeah so we don't have like enough money I'm not sure where it's going to come from or right. yeah this test that the doctor that your brother's going for uh, could have like really serious problems <laughs> if it comes back negative like you don't want to like freak them out. Right. Right. So usually I guess it's good after the fact don't you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah it's good to it's good to talk about how God has come through and even some of the things where he hasn't and you you know he's still faithful. But it it's very good and very important to have conversations about the struggles um and how God has taken you through them, how he has walked with you, how he is holding your right hand, as the psalm said, um, while you were in the midst of those struggles and delivered you to the other side. Um why we have the remembrance stone stones
0: they love those like they love to hear those stories like over and over
1: they do yeah and we also have that like um it's similar to the stones but we have the the jar that we did for a Mm -hmm. couple years and it's still there but we don't use it as much
0: yeah we put answered prayers in it yeah Mm -hmm. and then
1: we get to review them when the jar is full and like as we mentioned before like you will completely forget about Mm -hmm. them that you were praying about it one and that it was answered to mm-hmm. and having those little scraps of paper that say like, you know, you know, we had, didn't know how, whatever, like, and God delivered it, you know, and yeah. it's just really, really great. And those are, those are also, those are good illustrations. That's, that's my point in bringing it up. They're good illustrations to share the struggles that you had. Cause like, the fun thing about the prayer jar or answered prayer jar is that you can kind of just, you can just put something in there and it's like not a big to do. So people don't know that you put that in the jar. And then when you go to review it, it then it's like, a, Oh, I didn't even know that you, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. If anyone listening's like super organized, you could do this in a way where you can pass it on. Like generally generationally, which would be awesome. Like that you record the answered prayers or, God's your, faithfulness, yeah. God's faithfulness, yeah, in, um, in your life, and then kind of like pass it down so that someone can go like, oh, my grandma, this, do you know what
1: I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Generations like the, later. The, what is that book, The Bear Who Heard Crying? The Bear That Heard Crying or whatever? It's like a generational story that got turned in, that was, you know, made into a children's book about the little girl who got lost in the woods, and it's a sweet little book.
0: Yeah, you're saying it was like the story was passed
1: along. Yeah, yeah, it was passed along until Mm -hmm. it was written into until it was turned into a children's book. I think the the author was like the great 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 grandchild or something.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, We are going to finish each of these suffering hope and suffering podcasts with some hope and a bright spot, and so our bright spot for today is from Romans eight. Where am I going to start?
1: Verse 35. Give me
0: an idea. Verse 35.
1: Verse 35. Okay. To 39.
0: Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will trouble or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we encounter death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we have complete victory through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor heavenly rulers nor things that are present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus, our Lord. No matter what you guys are going through today, and even no matter how you're dealing with it, there is nothing that will separate you from the love of Christ, no matter what, if we're in Christ Jesus.
1: That is a good word. May the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.
0: Thanks for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners and we're praying for you. If you'll take two minutes to rate and review our brand new podcast, we would be so grateful. For more information on today's episode, head to theologymeetsreality.com. Until next time, follow Christ,
1: not culture.